Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. The back episode of Liquid Procedure. As always, you can find a Liquid Procedure through the iTunes app. Get to get your podcast through. Also, we put on the Breaker app also. Tonight I have with me Kevin Williams. Uh, he he also he contributes to OldHighDog.com. And always Jimmy right here. How's it going, Kevin? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Finishing up uh, doing some work stuff. Been a little bit busier today than I thought it would be. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll start with the recent news. I don't think it fits much on the field. It started some banner already, as you can expect, between fan bases. Exactly. Charles Charles Wiley gets arrested for domestic violence. Seems like another lady who was at the same house got arrested and they're being held right now. Freeze comes out with your standard comment. And in my opinion, I've had people ask me about it. And, of course, I've had state people say, you you see where y'all want to say now. But in my opinion... I never wanted to say he should definitely be kicked off the team. You see what all ha- all happens, and there is a chance. I guess you'd say. I think it's doubtful, in my opinion. There's a chance that you know you can get domestic violence actually out punching someone, but in my opinion, at the least, it should be a year suspension. Yeah, you know, my thing is, I looked at it, and uh, when I saw the news come across, it uh, it instantly bothered me. Um, uh, simply because it's so much of it going on and it's so widespread uh, that I don't understand how some of the young men can't realize they can't put themselves in that situation. Uh, but uh, I also, with you, agree that if it comes out that it's serious and that in you know, different circumstances, uh, it sounds out that she, he's the aggressor and that uh, he... Uh, perpetrated this on her, uh, then my conscience also tells me that as harsh as I wanted to be with Jeffrey Simmons uh, of, of Mississippi State, I can't ease up simply because it's somebody from my home team. Uh, if he did it and if it was as egregious as Simmons, then yeah, either uh, at least a year ex- uh, suspension, uh, but at least it start there. But now if it comes to find out that uh, it was defensive or it was not uh, perpetrated on his end, then you can go and have a discussion from there. But if he's the aggressor, uh, I think the year suspension uh, is warranted. And if it finds out to be even more than that, then you can talk going further than that. I think so. I think so. I think it's pretty accurate. To me, I, a lot of people are hot on tennis stuff. Of course, when any time you can see it with Ray Rye's situation that happened a few years back, Jeffrey Simmons, any time there's video, there's there's no doubt at all of what happened, and it's 
magnify ten times, a hundred times. Exactly. And what your eyes it, see, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it it really shouldn't be any different because you kind of know it happened, but any yeah. time video, it makes that much worse. And I exactly. guess there's also there's also a smidgen of doubt of what really happened when there's not video. Like I know people are trying to compare the two. You can't compare it to, and I, I, it might sound like a cop out being, you know, being an Ole Miss fan, but there's, there's no video, there's no, this is exactly what happened. Exactly. Even, I'm, and that's just my opinion on that. And I don't think, and I got this too. I have some state friends come to me, and my thing is, I wasn't so much. I wasn't mad at all if State accepted him. I don't think there's bylaws that can't not accept him in school. My mm-hmm. thing was that the punishment, how they handled it. If they had yeah. come straight far and said he's not going to play for a year, I'm totally fine with it. In my yeah, opinion, yeah. a kid in his situation, it's, I would almost bet that he lives in a lower-class family, lower-class income. I think he is a type of player that could, you know, could be cha- you never know how things gonna work out, injuries, et cetera. Um, okay. might not adjust, but he could be a person that, you know, not just change his life, but change his family life also. And I don't think that should totally be taken away. Well see my thing with that is that yeah, I, I never I'm not against the kids either kid for getting a second chance. But in order for something to be punishment, it has to hurt. Now if if it doesn't hurt, missing the uh the, the game against Southern Alabama that doesn't not hurt. You're exactly right. You know, it needs he needs to fill it in. You know, and I understand the coming from the lower, uh, a lower income family. I came from, you know, I grew up in the projects of Oxford, so I understand being from a low income family. But first thing my father taught me was, no, under no circumstance do you hit women. It's the first lesson of manhood. So there would have been no excuse. So I, I can't let him go on. You know, I, it bothers me, uh, you know, as an African-American. When P, I, I've read some on the blog about, well, he grew up in those circumstances, and that's just how they do things. That's egregious. That, 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 that's a tinge racist. It's almost as saying uh, yeah. is, you're, you're animalistic, therefore we expect you to behave in this way. My problem with the Simmons thing is, they could keep them. They could have kept them. I, I, I wouldn't have any problem with him playing next year. But it has to hurt him in some way to make other people, other players know if they're willing to do this to a five star, we got to get our stuff in order to make sure we don't go down that path. Absolutely. Like I said, my thing I had this, I had this discussion with several people is, and there's been several writers that's come out and acted like it hasn't hurt. And there's people use commitments by certain recruits and everything to say, see, see there, it's not hurting them. In my opinion, the NCAA is absolutely, the investigation is absolutely hurting almost this recruiting. Yeah. I think they're taking certain players earlier than they probably would have in the past. I think there's definitely players that have, I can name two that I almost could say would definite that they would be committed right now for one friend, so they have Investigation. Yeah, and I keep I keep having these people ask me, "What do you think on this ends up?" And I can't tell you. If you tell me the investigations 
give a scholarship more or whatever it is, just a little bit more than what Ole Miss Death and penalized, and it's over in October, that's, that's done with? Yeah. I think they can end up with a, you know, top 15 or better class. And But if it's in, say, it's not over by January 1 or, or even past signing day, yeah. I don't think this is even a top 25 class. I know some people think it will be. I just think there will be some highly recruited guys that people think Ole Miss is going to get. Might just turn another way because of uncertainty. It's, and not so much even the penalty is what is hurting Ole Miss because once you know it's out there, you can adapt and, and go far around those penalties as best you can. Yeah, it's the yeah. cloud that hangs over. Exactly. It's that lingering of just standing in limbo. Uh, like you said, if we knew what the final outcome was, what we're going to lose, what we're going to miss out, if there's a bowl ban, you can adjust to that. I had told uh, several people that if a bowl ban is coming, let it come. Let it eat up the bowl we'll take this year because it won't affect the recruiting if the kid knows, okay, the bowl for this year is gone. I wasn't going to play in that one anyway. But for this to go on to December, January, and a kid not knowing whether their freshman year will they be going to a bowl, it, it will hurt us. And and my my fear is, uh, and I'm not a, uh, a pessimist, but there's something about the NCAA that doesn't taste well to me. And I think they know these things. And because maybe some of the punishment they wish they could give cannot be proven, the best way to backdoor it is to let it linger, 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 and it affects us that way as well. So if it's over quickly, I think we'll be okay. But, yeah, I agree with you. There are going to be some top guys that we would get, but we will miss out on if a resolution doesn't come soon. And I want to say this. Yeah, I think they're lingering. I think they want there are certain people, especially investigators and NFL, that want to get on this. But these people that say that they're going to like go all out, going in, I think they still want to do things by the book because I know, yeah. although there might be coaches in the SEC and, and rival fan base that want to see Ole Miss go down, there are other coaches throughout the college football world that want to see how this is because you know this is in the new policy law, how how coaches can be affected, the new bylaws. Exactly. They want to see how it affect, can affect them in the future because it's, it's big to them. Yes. And a lot of people say that, the, you know, the NCAA is going off Lindsey Miller and all this, and that they got all the information off Lindsey Miller and taking all this credibility. Well, if you, this is a misconception by all Miss people, in my opinion. Yeah. If you look at what they really got, and he, he, it said itself that he spent over 100 hours with them. They just, you know, they discredited most of the stuff that he gave them because they couldn't prove exactly. it. So that that tells me that they are at least, at least at the minimum, taking what they can prove. Because exactly. in my opinion, in, in the past, although they might can't prove it, it might get thrown out. There have at least been a lot more losing minute accusations in it in a way. Yes, exactly. And even with the, you know, if, if when you look back at the notice of allegations, if you really are 
looking at it without the lens of being a rival fan group. If you look at it, it all stems around a couple central things. The loner car, Laramie Tunsil issue, eats up a majority of the allegations that don't involve sleeping on someone's couch, paying for someone's meal. So once, if you don't separate that and just lump that all in one thing, that eats up several of the level one violations. And I believe in, as, as of those three years they've researched this and combed through all of this, that if that's what they have come up with in those three years, and I may be an optimist, but I just don't see the level of discipline that a lot of the other schools believe that we will get. And I think whether they can come out and say it, I don't think Hugh Freeze and Roth York are fools enough to keep employees hired that they already know they're going to have to eat or lose uh, later on. I, I just don't believe that. So I believe that we will get hit, but I don't think it's as hard as some of the fan other fan bases believe. Uh, yeah, that's true. And a lot of people don't – a lot of the Laramie Tunsil stuff, as far as Alona Carr, has already been penalized. People forget that he did sit out seven games. That's sit out the seven games, penalty. exactly. Exactly. And, that, and that's what – yeah, exactly. The, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think the key for Ole Miss is the Walter Hughes stuff. I think yeah. it's a level one. I get what people are saying. You know, he is a he's a booster. Well, yeah. He basically he basically had season tickets for three years. Yeah. Baseball tickets. That's all he ever had. Uh, as far as actually donating donating money, he's never done that. But yeah. I think it's by the bylaws. It is a level one violation. Exactly. Now I know some people said that Ole Miss is, considers him a booster and everything, and which they recognize that and only disassociate it, which is what they had to do. What really, as far as violation is, when they go to COI meeting, Ole Miss, I know for a fact, is going to argue to the minimum that it, could, it should at least be a level two, it shouldn't be a level one. They're going to argue exactly. more that it shouldn't be a penalty at all because of all him and Walter Hughes has said he's going to go plead his case. And, I mean, yeah, he bought kids. He bought plenty of kids things. And he took yeah. kids at multiple schools. Exactly. He took he took the two kids that committed Ole Miss, one that's on the roster and one that's not. Exactly. He took them to multiple schools. But it all comes down to him buying season tickets before it. Ole Miss, and that's right, he's a bull booster. He did go to Ole Miss for a certain time. He never did graduate from Ole Miss. He's not, he's not a part of any kind of, I guess, booster club or anything else. It all depends. I mean, you know, how severe it is and how much more they add on it. That really depends. Do they maintain that level one and hold it into the ground? Or do they, at the minimum, reduce it to a level two? Exactly, exactly. And it's just one of those things. It, it, it's a waiting game. It's an unfortunate waiting game, and as much as we want answers, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those people who understand. You know, a lot of people want help Hugh, Hugh Freeze to just come out and answer the question, but you can't. You have to keep some things 
uh, to yourself and some things I do believe he just does not know. And and we just kind of have to wait and hopefully the SC, the uh, NCAA will be reasonable. But you're asking the group to be reasonable that don't tend to have a sense of reasonability. So we'll see. I want to I want to hit a few things that's going around around college football, et cetera. Okay. I don't know if you I don't know if you've read it or not. But did you see the Dennis Dallas article on Penn State and James Franklin was continued to Baylor? Um, uh, no, actually, I did not read that article. Well, this, this is really absurd to me. Is that Dennis Dawes, who you know, almost people know him because he said, you know, there's a possibility that he freezed, he did get suspension, et cetera. Exactly. Okay. Well, he came out with a story that Baylor should take it basically take advice and some from James Franklin. And in the story, there is no mention of the of the the Vanderbilt case that it could, anything about Vanderbilt the rape case. Right. I, I don't see how that's plausible that you can't even mention it. Exactly. You're exactly how, right. How, it bothers me how he has escaped almost any accountability regarding this Vanderbilt case. It's, and it's as if he just left and did not exist at all during that period. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm not – I really I try not to be a conspiracy theory, but it seems like this that make the Ole Miss fan base believe there are those out there that are just against them. Because you can't talk about that, especially when talking about Baylor, and you don't mention what's going on with Vanderbilt. You still there, Kevin? Okay, yeah, I'm still there. I couldn't tell if you were still here. Yeah, I was waiting. I was was listening. But I think there is – the biggest thing there is there's no mention of it. It's a, a coach who has now had two players convicted for racism yes. on charges. It's also a guy who on the stand or oath admitted that he lied about seeing the video. Exactly. There is, can't say there's fact proven, but there's a lot of circumstances that would lead you to believe and others would say behind closed doors that he tried to help cover a rape and then get the hell out of there. Exactly. And to use he say that Baylor should use him as someone as advice about how he's cleaned up Penn State and get, move Penn State forward is egregious to me. It, it, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> this is what I think bothers a lot of our fan base is that issues like this that seem to go, uh, I don't want to say unpunished, but it's almost ignored, and yet the simplicity of what we're going through seems to be highlighted. Uh, All you can hear is about the Tunsil video. Well, I mean, but you have two students accused of rape. The, 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 The coach who was there who lied about the situation got a better job has gone away from the circumstance and is virtually not mentioned, you know, besides just a few media outlets 
without even being involved in it. Uh, and the and it seems like the focus is just in the wrong places with some of these stories. And then for him to be suggested as a a uh, a uh, person to ask as regard of Baylor is is is, is, is ludicrous. Yeah, I think so. I want to kind of stray away from sports for a second. I okay. Talk, I talk a little politics, I guess. Did you watch the Democratic convention last night? Yes, I, I, yeah, I watched uh, pretty much the majority of it uh, from 5 o'clock on. I didn't watch that much. I watched the main part, or at least most of it. I, I kind of yeah. flipped back and forth. I uh, commercials, I... I kind of admit, yeah, I missed Steve Sperry. I watched, I rewatched the documentary done on him fourteen, which is extremely yeah. well done. Kind of, kind of tells, kind of tells you more about him, makes him even more of a likable guy. But we'll, we'll maybe discuss that in a minute. Exactly. But I watched the part Michelle Obama. I'm, I tell you now, I'm not voting for it. I just can't. I think, I think, I'm not. A, I won't say I'm a Democrat. I won't say I'm a Republican. I'm somewhere in the middle. To me, both yeah. sides are too. To me, both sides are too extreme. Yeah. I believe. I believe at least people in my generation are more in the middle. Oh, I agree. Uh, I, I, I guess you'd say moderates. Um. Trump can still win me over. He has to say the right some right things, and really, it's people he puts around him. Will he listen to them? But with with the last night, the thing that got me. Michelle Obama, she's extremely, extremely good. She, from all accounts, she she knocked it out of part with her speech. She's yeah. she's done good every time she spoke. Is really good. Um, Sarah Silverman come out. She kind of dropped on dead ears. Even got booed. The big thing yeah, is right now that all all the emails come out about Bernie Sanders, how they kind of try to like, I guess, throw him under the bus, get him out of there, and you have all these people. They're going to count on votes, and I still think they'll vote Democratic. That that those type of people will probably stay in their lane when it comes to the end. But they're they're booing people, they're chanting "Go Bernie." That can't be good, but I I still don't think it really matters. Yeah, you know, and just so you'll know, I I, I am a uh, person who could uh, who could never vote Trump. I just be honest with you, uh, I. I personally feel he's too divisive. If if you would, my party, I tend to vote Democratic, but I'm probably what would be considered a a more moderate to um, uh, more to the right Democratic. I, I have liberal views on some things, but uh, I'm a very religious person, so a lot of my religious views are conservative. Uh, but I tend to vote. Uh, more so democratic um, I, from listening to Trump for the past month I, I cannot vote for him personally and I know uh, people uh, I'm, I'm an old Miss Rebel in heart so I know most of the those who are probably Rebel fans are mostly uh, Republicans especially the older ones but <clears throat> I, I listened to the talk last night I listened to the, uh, the speeches last night uh, Silverman was I didn't appreciate it. Bernie Sanders supporters have earned the right to be there to me. Uh, the WikiLeaks showed that he was done wrong. 
And simply from that notion, to then tell a group of people who have earned the right to be there uh, that they were being ridiculous was not appropriate. Um, but, from the, and I agree with you, I think when it's said and done, a good percentage of them will probably come to vote for Hillary. If you ask me if I have a, a, a like for either one, Hillary has issues of honesty. Yeah, she really does. But I personally think, in my view, Trump's, and just be, just be honest with you, I feel a sense of bigotry with him, and not just toward African Americans. I just don't appreciate some of his views toward anyone who's any different than who he is. Um, I listened to Michelle's speech last night. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was a speech that you give at a Democratic convention if you want the Democrats to get in line. It wouldn't have worked well for the Republican convention, but I did. I, I just Honestly, I enjoyed it. She speaks very well. She gets her point across, and she's good at staying on point and, and, and getting what she needs out. Here's my thing with it. Okay. Is, it's with Hillary. I, I, to me, I can't get everything God. That, that's my biggest thing. Yeah. I, it's, that's huge for me. Yeah. I, I think it doesn't get as much play. And then she had, and it's right me wrong with this. This is the thing that and it, it's all politicians. All politicians they do they say certain things that they think. I don't think Benghazi has been talked about enough, I guess you'd say. But okay. she had a she had a commercial that come out that pretty much was talking about Trump and how he didn't have any policy, which is true. It, it, he doesn't have any substantial policy that you could go off of. But she goes on to talk about the comments she's doing. And one of the comments she had is there, she said she brought peace to Benghazi. That, that infuriated me, I must say, yeah. Because what happened in Benghazi, if you use that, although if you go, I would say to probably over over sixty percent. If you ask, say if you just go ask a thousand random people, I would say six hundred probably doesn't even really know what happened in Benghazi. And I think that, and I, I agree with you a hundred percent on people not being aware of what happened. I do agree with that. I think. Uh, people tend to just see surface things, and that's all they see, or they will believe whatever is told to them and not watch. So I do agree with you. I don't think nobody really knows the seriousness and the failure that she had with Benghazi and the and the lives lost. Uh, that you know, there's no way to spin it. That was on her watch, and is responsible for that. Yeah. And Trump, I said this the other night, when before, before he spoke, I said it before he spoke. And I'm more of a person that if it doesn't bother me in my everyday life, politic-wise, it doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't yeah. really care about it. If it doesn't affect me in my everyday life, it doesn't bother me. I said this before. I said, I need to hear Trump talk about, because he hasn't done this much in the past. He's been hoorah, make America great. And, yeah. you know, that's funny. He's He's got some stuff that's funny that he does. But as far as voting for, that's not going to get me to vote for you at all. Yeah. And I said that he needed to talk about safety and talk about jobs. 
he needs to talk about taxes. You know, yeah. I know that a lot of people that's conservative, they say, hey, let's hear about pro-life. Let's hear about pro-life. Let's hear about gay marriage. To me, whoever you are, you can be who you are. If it doesn't fit my life, that's fine. If you want to be yeah. gay and be married, that's, that's fine. Don't try to rub it in my face because it's not what I'm for. But as long yeah. as you go be you, be who you are, that's fine. In my opinion, you could come through and you can take Mississippi. If they ban totally banned abortion, do you really think that people that don't want to have kids have that still aren't going to have abortion in other ways? I just don't think that's safe. Yeah. And he did that. He did that, and he didn't get my vote per se because he talked about it, but he kept me listening to enough to where let's see if he actually talks about in debate how he's going to do these things. Because it's great to say them all and say these things, but let's listen if he has any kind of way that he can say that he's going to actually do them. Yeah. And, you know, and my thing is this, and we all have different uh, areas that are important to us that need to be reached. And and, and my thing with Trump, uh, as you say, certain things are important to you, certain things, you're not dealing with, you know, if it doesn't bother you, you don't really care. Uh, for those who don't know, I am a pastor of a church. Part of my problem, being bothered with him is for there to be such evangelical support for Trump, there's been nothing in his walk, his life, his talk that signifies anything that the evangelicals believe in. This is a man who, depending on, in my view, depending on what gets him the most out of life is where he tends to lean. Because I agree with you, too. I didn't see the commercial where Hillary mentioned Benghazi. But I did see, I do think, look at the commercials where he has been on the opposite side of several issues that he now all of a sudden support. And I always wonder, who is the real Trump? His book, The Art of the Deal, gives you the line or the view into his ability to make the sale. And I see this, this election cycle as him living out his ability to make the sale to the people who he needs to sell it to so that when he gets into office, who do we really get? And that bothers me. And see, that bothers me because I I feel like you never really know. Now, Hillary, I'll be the first to tell you, I wouldn't believe a whole lot out of her mouth. She tends to not tell the truth. But her record to me shows the thing that he, she works for. Trump's record shows me also what he works for. It tends to be the bottom, his bottom line. It tends to be what benefits him. It tends to be what benefits those who are in his class. I will never be there, therefore I don't think it benefits me for me to have him in that high office. Because it is important to me how we treat immigrants. It is important to me how we treat the elderly. It is important to me how we treat those who don't agree with what we say or what we believe. I'm a Christian 100%. 
I don't believe there's any other way to be. But I also feel like I have no right to tell someone that they can't go to their churches, go to their mosque. And I, I don't know if I can trust him not to take that American right away from those who don't believe what he believes. Yeah, and I thought that this maybe this is I, I thought this for a while now. And just not, I'm sure not I'm still not sure one way or other. Oh yeah. And I I think that I'm not even sure if Trump really wants to be president. To some I don't actually when he originally ran, I didn't think it was for real. I don't and my, this is a conspiracy. I'll go ahead and say this. Now, before I even get talk, I can't say this. It's <laughs> really, I went on or nothing. I'm, this is me I, when I look at things. I, I see it, some of his actions. I originally thought that this was a show, that he was making yeah. money off this, and he would do this for a while, and he would drop off, drop out, yeah. and say, see, I never lost. I didn't lose. I could have been president, but I had to drop out. Because if you look at what Trump has done in his life, and everything, you know, throw the beauty pageants, throw the parties. When he becomes president, he can't be what Trump has been his whole life. Exactly. Does he really want to give that up? I don't think he does. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that he's even doing right now while he's running for president, he won't be able to do. It's a totally different ballgame. Yeah. And some of his actions will make an action of his people, you know, like, I know some people have prosecuted his wife for she did she plagiarized Michelle Obama's but she did, but she didn't write that. Somebody no, and I don't blame her for that either. No, I don't. I don't blame her one bit. No, she's someone who her first language is not um, is not English. Exactly. Her first language is Russian. She wrote whatever was up on there. She's what she said, whatever was on there. But for that to happen. You know they, that he saw that speech, the others saw that speech, they all signed off on it. Are they trying to sabotage their sales in some way? You know, I wonder, me and my wife were, were discussing that. You have people who are trained speech writers and who have watched probably every debate, every uh, convention since they've known, uh, known to be in existence. You have a person who's about to be first lady. The first thing you do as you go back to all the other conventions, look at all the other first lady speeches. Someone, and, and you know, I'm in that conspiracy with you, I guess. Someone had to have read that speech and say, oh my God, that sounds like what Michelle Obama said during the first uh, run of her husband. And they let it go. Not just a couple words, almost two paragraph words. If he wasn't trying to throw it, I don't think it's beyond somebody being in that group who thought it was going to be funny or thought I'm going to I'm going to damage it from the inside because there's no way you could have seen that and been familiar with first lady speeches and not think this sounds just like the woman who is first lady now and not stop it or catch it. Oh, absolutely. Like reviews, not like reviews either. All of these people, people can say they don't like Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, anybody, all these people. They're all really intelligent people. Oh, it's oh, not yeah, like, oh It's not like, oh, this is just a mistake. Now, this is stuff they catch. They, I mean, these are really, these are just some of the brighter minds 
in America. They really are. A lot of these people are part of this politics stuff. They're, they're really intelligent people. This ain't just a whole dumb slip. He is. Absolutely. Yep. So that, that's, yep. that's a conspiracy thing. And I, and, and I think times that that troubles me also that I can't get over is he really wanting to win this or not. He's going yeah. to say he is. He's got. He's so far into it. He's going to do say this, say this. He's not going to drop out. Absolutely. No. But is he really in this? Yeah, yeah, is, I agree. With you. I think he was surprised to have done so well that he wasn't prepared for it. Uh, and and he's kind of well, flying well, by feet of his pants a little bit. Yes, and I think it's also something that kind of backs this theory, in my opinion. He did this whole thing where, listen, his campaign right now doesn't have a lot of money because you can't use your own money. You have to raise money. There's a reason that he really doesn't have any commercials out right now. I can't think of one. I don't think he has any right now, actually. Absolutely. Because his campaign has no money. They don't have any money right now. And and part of that's why, because he didn't raise money. Why didn't he try to raise money? It's because, in my opinion, that's because he didn't think he'd be in there that long. Exactly. Exactly right. Now, what he'll have the benefit from is he'll have the benefit from uh, different groups coming out with their commercials in support of him. Uh, NRA is going to they're going to do their job this fall and, and, and uh, go after Hillary. Uh, you'll have you know you'll, you'll you'll have big money on his side. But I'm with you. I think as as the candidate, I don't think he has the funds. And that's the thing about it. And I know he's, he's he runs he's running his campaign as the outsider. Well, the outsider is a good campaign to run, un, unless you're going against a political juggernaut like the Clintons, that are professional money raisers by trade. They know how to bring in the dollars. So now you're running as an outsider against a machine that knows how to spend money, and he's going to have to be clever. He's going to have to, uh, and I and I think what's going to happen is he's going to have to uh, kowtow on some of his hardline stance that have disappointed some of the Republican Party, and he's going to have to backtrack in order to get some of that support. Because what what um, Cruz did at the at the at the convention, and I'm going to say as as a political party, it was despicable for him to do that. It was I personally found it funny uh, that that they allowed a man who they pretty much knew was not going to endorse them to have twenty minutes. I think they did on purpose. You think they did that also as a as a blow? This is what I wonder. This Go is ahead. what I wonder. Is I don't think Trump wins. I really don't. I don't either. I think the best shot for Trump winning is. Gary Johnson get more steam and pull some votes from from Hillary to give him yeah. a better shot. That's the best shot I think yet. Okay. Yeah. My wonder if it say let's say it's a landslide or a good a good a good beating because let's be honest, this is one of the few elections where their approval ratings are really bad on both sides. <laughs> yeah. My my wonder is it might not it might be for you it might be twelve years from now, but I'm of the opinion I'm not I don't think I'm in a minority here is that 
like I said, both sides are, are, especially Republicans, after getting beat like this three times in a row, that there's not come some kind of push from the Republicans or a sanction that kind of buys off that they end up kind of meeting the middle of people that's more moderate. And the Republican image and, I guess, motto changes a little bit. Yeah. You know, and, and to be honest with you, my personal opinion is the most, the most, I don't say dangerous, but more qualified Republican out there who I believe, if had a ran this year, could actually be pushing it. I think Paul Ryan is probably the most stable Republican that's there. And in four or eight years, if the party can get back under the same umbrella, uh, it, they can regain the White House. Because there's just too much. There's been too much divide in the past 12 years. When when the Tea Partiers took their stand, that divided the party. Now all of a sudden, there's no healing because here comes Trump, who's running as the anti-establishment. He's upsetting the the hardline Republicans. So in order to gain the White House, they're going to have to get back under the umbrella. And I think the person who is set up to possibly get it done. I don't think Cruz can do it. I don't think uh, Rubio can do it. I think Paul Ryan, though, is young enough and diplomatic enough to possibly get it back to what the Republicans are expecting or think they should be. Well, what's funny? Republican candidates that. Trump beat by a wide margin would have a much better chance of beating Hillary in a presidential campaign than Trump does. I think Kasich and Rubio are two of those that would have a much better shot actually winning the election than actual Trump does. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually think if Kasich had come on stronger in the beginning, uh, it was one of those, I guess, to use a football analogy, if there were five quarters to play, I think Kasich was building up enough steam where uh, he has become that 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 candidate also that is not Donald Trump, but is also conservative enough to not fall, the party doesn't fall apart. Kind of change topic. This would be a topic. Sure. This is one that I want to hit on before we get out of here a little bit. All right. It's, it's, it's so much going on. It's kind of died down now, but it's still there. And I plan on hitting two more topics. I don't think we'll have time for both. It, it, they kind of tie together a little bit. There's there's the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And i say this first off. i say this first off. It's, there's people that's totally against it. There's people that's totally forward about everything. If you think that everybody's in Black Lives Matter that are have hatred and, and doing this for all that, you're totally wrong. It's absolutely yeah. wrong. There, I know people that are for it that I'm actually friends with, that are really good people, they have all the right intentions. But this is what I want to bring up. You can you can come back off this and okay. your opinions. To me as a whole, and it, it's, this happens with a lot of groups that are calivated and everything, 
is that there's going to be people that maybe have have frustrations and everything, or or have done things in the past that are crimes or violence that are going to attach to these groups, and use that as almost an excuse to do violence yeah. and, and certain things. And uh, in my opinion, that's where these things go bad. Is where you have, and when you when these a group like this that spreads to such numbers, there can be more of these people. And that's where all the violence starts. And that's where I think things go corrupt. And I guess while they was developed that meaning for what they revolved for is totally changed for I guess the majority of what it's going for. It's, it more turns into hate and crime uh, against others, violence against others than actually doing good. That, that's my opinion. I've had some people disagree. I've had some people agree with me. I also, there's also people that, that talk to me and think it's totally hooligans that just do this because they're angry. That's not what I believe. I believe it's where people slash on to it and use it as their, I guess, own agenda, and it's done a lot more bad than good. Here, here's where I stand on that. I stand on that as and and as the same way, like you said, they both work hand in hand. I stand on that as the same way as I stand with the police officers. If the leadership of the true Black Lives Matter would out, get rid of, and distance themselves from those who are violent, things would work better. Same token as I believe if police officers uh, would stand up against those few, very few, very little number of police officers who are not good, who have done wrong, who have not done the right thing. If they would stand up and say, you know what, instead of the code blue, we stand with those officers who do well and we want to punish those who do bad. If both groups would just try to distance themselves from the bad, a lot can go on because what I saw in Dallas, I saw police officers who gave their lives for a group that was marching against them. But I also saw at the end those who stood by the police officers and basically stood. There was the the lady who was the aunt of uh, one of the young men that was shot, I believe, in uh, Baton Rouge. The young man that the police officers uh, shot on the ground in Baton Rouge. She stood up crying, begging the people to stop the violence. But if both groups continue to let those who are violent get the headlines and protect them and not punish them, then nothing will ever come from this movement. I think the movement, uh, as personally, is a good movement if it's done correctly. Because many people forget the movement did not originate with police officers. It originated from the Trayvon Martin incident uh, that happened in Florida that didn't involve a police officer. But what has happened is, once that happened, and the African-American community felt uh, that nothing came from that, you had the incident in Ferguson, they felt like nothing came from that. You had the incident in New York, nothing came from that. All of a sudden, that movement took on what if an anti- corrupt law enforcement tone 
that unfortunately some cannot differentiate between an anti-police officer tone. There are those in the group that are truly, as you said, have bad intentions. It's our responsibility as African Americans to get them out, to tell them you're not a part of this group, to call them out, to warn police officers of them. But I don't think the group as a whole is evil. It's just it needs to be better organized. And I, I will say that. And that kind of leads to me to things where I don't know if this can move forward because I have a huge problem with media. I have a problem with media, how they, how they run things to get clicks now. I agree with that. In my, in my opinion, they use hate to get ratings. And push hate and pe- to me in this world, there's a lot more good that's ever than there's ever publicized. You exactly there's, there. There's plenty of people here that do good things, and usually when a feel-good story comes, they play it once, it runs through, they say yeah, yeah, that's really good, and then it goes right back to something bad, and it's hit exactly over right. and over and over and over, and that fuels more hate that goes towards other people. Exactly. I, you know, we I had, think... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I think there's... Like, there's... There's certain yeah, things that get put... There's, there's certain things that gets pushed. Racism gets pushed. Everything else that, that, that fuels things that, that, I guess, makes them ten times worse. I'm not saying those things don't exist. I'm not saying that there's not cops who have a, a racial agenda while they're on duty, because there obviously are. But it's not nationally as bad as many are making it out to be because but the, the hate fuels so much more because how media pushes it. I agree. You figure in Oxford just a few weeks ago, in a city that was that has always had the connotation of racism when it came to Ole Miss, Confederate flag, and all that. We had a peaceful march on the square of African Americans, of Caucasian people. We stood, we marched for the same thing. No violence, it was peaceful, and nobody cared. Not one media, not, you know, just a couple local things I saw. But let us have had a Klan march. Let us have had violence on the square in Oxford. CNN would have flown in, Fox would have flown in, MSNBC would have flown in. Yeah, absolutely right. But and that's and like you said, it's all about the ratings. There have been hundreds of peaceful marches with Black Lives Matter and the police. As, as, as many people were inconvenienced by the Memphis thing. Notice no one in the national media showed the chief of police arm-in-arm with the marchers or showed that there was no violence. That didn't get shown. But we saw when something breaks out in Baton Rouge and something happens in Chicago, none of the peaceful stuff, none of the times the officers go in there, risk their lives, save someone, or go out of their way to show kindness. You don't see that. You only see the officers who were accused of doing something wrong or those who are defending them. So I agree with you 100%. 
we focus on the things that are negative, and it gives the connotation that everything is negative, and then we can't heal because we keep being told it's not working. Oh, yes, I agree, too. I mean, I read a story the other day. It was on a small news outlet. I got kind of retweeted. I saw it on Twitter. And things like this and the big national medias are you might see it on one local station somewhere like that, but you don't see this exactly. on national media. It was basically it was a a lady that she stole some groceries for kids. She's yeah. a, a low income player. The cops instead of taking her to jail, he, he he saw her kids. He basically went in, let him and several other cops put in their own money and bought her a bunch of groceries that they helped for the kids and didn't do any charges. Exactly. You don't see anything of that. And that kind of no, thing happened. And I'm of the attention that there majority of people in this world are good people. They might have certain tips that you don't like them. But the majority of people don't are, are good people. Exactly. And that's that's one reason I'll, I'll, i that's I'm in the South, I like that's one reason I think I I like the South is and I've been in other places where it's not so is you walk through you see people and even if it's not someone you're directly friends with or even know you say how are you? you? You shake each other's hand. That's just how things are. It's not like that everywhere exactly. in, in the U.S. And that's never that's never I guess publicized like other things are in this nation. And I think that's one I think that's one of the major problems in this world right now, in, well in the U.S. right now, because that just the hate is publicized. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, do I have time for a quick story? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and just to show you uh, the things that, 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 that you don't hear about. When I was a student at Ole Miss, I was an RA at Martin Stocker. Uh, outside my door, I woke up one day, I hear commotion. My floor was in front of my room, scrubbing off the N-word that was inside my door. People see that and they say, well, this is terrible, that someone still would write that word outside your door. And I tell them, no, no, the good thing is, I had an entire floor of Caucasian boys at my door worried about that I may see such an ugly word, scrubbing it off so I wouldn't have to see it. That shows to me that as much as that's wrong with the world, there's a whole lot of stuff right when you've got guys who don't look like me so worried that I may be offended that they got up to scrub it off the wall. We live in the greatest country in this nation. There's more right with it than wrong. And until we can ignore the extra stuff that we're being told every night at 6 or every night at 5 or every night at 10 and look outside of our area and realize that the majority of police officers would give their life for you, our soldiers would die for us that we are not all African-Americans are thugs and thieves, that we make up this great country, and that we can get this thing done and we can get along and not fall into despair. I think I, I totally agree. There's there's so much that happens that's good that people do and, and, and communities do. I think the, I think it's been almost two years now, the young, the young boy that had cancer that Pretty much the whole Ole Miss community kind of lifted yeah. up and you know brought him a game That's and right. raised money for his family. Yes, 
yes. everybody. Stuff like that, you know, the Ole Miss communities, you know, several communities around, you know, knew about him and what the Ole Miss community done for him. But there's there's totally a, a whole bunch of other universities. It's the same type stuff. Exactly. Community for these kids and for these families that help out with expenses because it, it does cost them much to take care of even after if you have any insurance. It doesn't matter. It's still going to cost you a fortune to exactly. give these treatments. And, yeah, you might see a story like that done on uh, E60 here and there. Yeah. But you, it's, it's not every day in the news every time something like this happens. And to me, that is stuff that should be written about all the time, and it's just not. Exactly right. Exactly right. But that about wraps up today's show. We, well, this is me and Kevin's first time doing this, doing the podcast <laughs> together. We're gonna uh, we're gonna try this out to be a little bit different. We're gonna have sports a part of this. We're also gonna have everyday life stuff, everything that's going on in the world. And of course, as you know, football games get started. We keep getting it. This is kind of catches on. Uh, of course, we'll talk more sports because there'll be tons of sports to talk about. But we're going to keep it kind of everyday life stuff, talk about problems in the world, and just see how it goes. And I hope y'all enjoy it. Until then, we'll see y'all next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.